welcome back to just another football podcast back again no Ali tonight but i have got george and fergal with me boys how you doing good bank holiday mm, very well yeah great yeah good, good get nice, used to this i know it feels like we do some as well mm. I, I definitely haven't gone on about that in the last few podcasts but uh yeah fortunes are turning hopefully yeah i could get used to it we've got three bank holidays in a month so can't complain um can't complain at all we're here recording on a monday night should add that the uh forest Southampton game is currently ongoing so mm. when we come to the relegation stuff in a bit um and if i keep looking over my shoulder like that that's why it's on the telly there um but yeah we won't obviously be privy to the result of that one just yet but Nevertheless, a uh, lot of action over the weekend, including today. Three games on a bank holiday Monday. Uh, mm. And good games as well, yeah. so far. So, uh, yeah, a lot to talk about. I think there's, well, I was going to say there's only one place to start, but I'm perhaps a little bit biased when I say that. Um, but the title race is still alive, if not in name only. Um Arsenal beat Newcastle 2-0, St. James's Park. Obviously, very pleased about that result. Laid to rest a few demons from last season, hopefully, in some people's eyes. Um, and it was an important result, I thought, not just because we needed to win to keep the keep the dream alive, but I think in terms of actual narrative as well, I think a lot of people thought going into this that we would go there and, and, and potentially fairly thought we might get turned over, given the recent mm. form, given Newcastle are very strong at home and they've been on a pretty good run themselves so I think it was an important one for us to win not not least because actually I think had they beaten us you know heavily like they did last season I mean that was a 2-0 battering and had it sort of been a similar thing I actually think there would have been kind of danger of this oh you know could Newcastle be the, the the nearest challengers next season because they're looking like they're getting certainly had they won yesterday I think that would have been Champions yeah. League football secured I still think they'll get it. I think they're in a good position. We'll come to that in a little bit. But I think there potentially would have been this idea that Newcastle could be the next closest to Man City with a big transfer window. Obviously, we know the the ownership situation there allows them to spend heavily, and not least if they're in the Champions League, I think there's the potential for that project certainly to to take a leap next season. Mm. And I think it, you know, I think undermined I think what we've done this season, which has been. A very good season. We're, we're tracking potentially 90 points if we can win the last three games. Mm-hmm. I think I thought it was an important one to win. It combined that with obviously the Chelsea result, which those two results have happened since we last recorded. So I'm in a slightly better place than I was when we were doing this last week. But uh, it's been an important couple of results. I think just just to keep it alive, just to actually reassert that look, you know, we've had a wobble, but it's been a good season. We've played some good stuff. And tricky game that yesterday. I mean, look. There's fine margin in football. I think Newcastle will look at it and think they had some good chances and, and definitely could have scored, you know, on multiple occasions. So could we. I think we actually, funnily enough, scored two goals from two of our lesser threatening situations because we missed mm. some, some big chances on the day. But it was, good, it was a good game, I thought. I thought both teams actually brought, you know, a lot to it. It wasn't, it wasn't a one-sided affair, but obviously delighted with the result. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, keeps it going for at least another few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with Newcastle, I think that, that they won't be... This isn't what's going to define the the Champions League race, you know, losing to Arsenal. Um, they played well and I think they, you know, they, they took the game to you. And I think, you know, an early goal may, maybe changes things a little yeah. bit. You, you know, yeah. for, for them, I, I don't feel like they're, they're going to be too disheartened about it. For Arsenal, it did feel like a, a must win. Like you said, the narrative probably... W- would have shifted had this even been a draw um so i'm you know i'm happy because i i, I like drama i like title you know a, a tight title race it's interesting yeah, yeah from like a neutral perspective 100%. i think if we lose that yesterday or draw it yesterday you've got man city who obviously won again at the weekend beat leeds and then They've got this, obviously, Champions League tie against Real Madrid, which might come to in a bit, but it would allow them to essentially play that game and rotate in between, sort of pick a team for the Champions League yeah. and, you know, the league be secondary to that. And they're still in a good position with the league. They would have to drop points in a couple of games, but I don't think any... Can, what we've done is they no complacency can, can creep in with their team selection. Certainly not next weekend. Everton have obviously had a good result this evening and... You know, they'll be feeling better about themselves after their last two results going into that one. So, 
I think we've we've kept them honest, and I think from a neutral perspective, whatever you think of the two clubs involved in it, you you, you want to see a more interesting title race than Man City winning it, you know, with a few weeks to spare. So it was an important result. I think it's one for me. It's a little bit tinged with regret, I think, and it goes back to even the Chelsea game as well, where we changed the team up. We changed from what we've been playing. Um, Jorginho came into midfield, obviously yeah. a player you guys are familiar with. Um, and then Kivio came in for holding, which I think whoever it was, someone had to come in in that position. I think that it had become untenable for, you know, I'm not going to relitigate it or I've, I've made my feelings perfectly clear on the matter, but yeah. something had to change there. And we've then gone on and won two games. And look, you, you might argue that Chelsea weren't very good and Newcastle became an easier game because it's sort of you've. The pressure of being in front is is more than okay. Well, we actually have nothing to lose here. We've got to just chase Man City. Who knows how it would have gone had we gone there a few points in front rather than a few points yeah. behind. But if you just take the results on face value, to me it feels disappointing that we essentially waited. You know, three. I'd say the Liverpool second half, like you, that. You know, they've been on a good run, Liverpool. Like whatever. I can understand why he left the team the same for one more game. But it felt like that Southampton, uh, the West Ham one even, before Southampton, was where we played poorly, gave up a 2-0 lead. Yeah. That was where he had to change it. And then the next two games after that, Man City are very good. That might have just happened anyway. But it was disappointing to me that we've essentially seen him then change the team and it's worked. And it might have just come a, a couple of games too late. Yeah. But it, it, it's all hindsight, I suppose. You, you know, you, It's difficult to say what would have happened had he done it earlier. But there's always regret with these things, I think. Is it nice to get the the win over Newcastle in a similar sort of stage to last season, whenever it was sort of the the mm. game that put you out of the top four race? Yeah. It finished us. I mean, it, it came a couple of weeks later. It literally was the second to last game last year. Like that, that was the thing with it is when you compare this season to last season, it felt like the the knockout blow last season came so late in the season we just couldn't react. Whereas at least on this occasion, albeit like it's out of our hands, but it's happened kind of half a dozen games before the end. So there is that little period, like it, it felt terminal, I have to be honest, that the Man City game, they go in front, we know the run they've been on and what they're like. But we just have to do what we can do, put the pressure on them, and what happens, happens. But we've got time to rectify it. So on this occasion, in the Newcastle, it's a similar sort of thing. Had we lost yesterday, it would have been curtains, absolutely. So... It is satisfying to go there and get a win, not least because actually they're a better team than they were last year. They were on a good run yeah. last year, but they're, they're third this year, and they're, they're deservedly it's third. That, it's mental that players like Jacob Murphy are, are still getting a, a game. And I think that speaks to how good of a coach Eddie Howe is, because mm. um, like, mm. it's it's those sort of players that, that if you see an improvement in, in them, that I think that, that's where you see the sign of a coach, where you're like, oh, wait, this guy's actually... Contributing, yeah. Get, uh, same with Almiron as well. Um, he's maybe been a bit quieter now, but had a, it was, had a brilliant yeah. season. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting with Newcastle is he's done a very good job at keeping. You'd probably say these players, that group at this period in time, aren't going to get them where they need to to get right in terms of the ambitions of the club. I think that is pretty indisputable. They need additions. I think the next stage of this coaching job is going to be really interesting for him because. It's sort of how do you improve the level of the squad, both raise the ceiling and raise the floor, without kind of, not tarnishing, but like, you know, undermining what you've already been with Yeah, well, but I think when you look at what, it's not just the quantity either, it's kind of who you bring in, who you phase mm. out, like, I think there's there's managing, you know, personalities involved here, and I think actually a lot of what they've built has, has been built upon you know, that camaraderie and the bond between the fans and, and between the team. Yeah. And I think when you look at it, albeit you always want to see your club sign players and get to the next level, but it's how do you do that in, in a way that essentially doesn't undermine what got you to that position? I think it's going to be a really interesting season for them next year. If you assume that they go on and, and get into the top four, how do they balance kind of that extra schedule? Because it's a lot more games and they're, and they're harder games, obviously. Um, and how do they take their squad up a, a notch? Mm. Because I think that albeit that he's coached them very well and they've done very well this season, it does still feel like they're, they're a little bit short in terms of a squad, I think, 
as you mentioned, players like yeah. Murphy, you know, players like Longstaff, maybe even Willock for being particularly I, I would, harsh, a couple yeah. of defenders. You know, th- th- these are good players playing very well, but I don't think they're kind of elite level players that get you challenging, domestically get you challenging in Europe. I think they're players that long term, they're starters that become squad players. And I think that's the kind of where they yeah. would want to be taking the project, you know, in, in, in certainly in the short term. But he's done a very good job this season. In the relegation teams that I think could easily jump into Newcastle's team, Madison and um, I don't know if that's uh, where I'd I'm go. I don't think I don't know if that's where I'd go. I mean, obviously they they took Dan Byrne and and Pope, um, but I think for them they need to look abroad again in terms of you look at their most successful signings. They've got good value from uh, abroad. Yeah. I, I'd say Botman, Bruno. Gimarias and uh, you know Isaac Isaac like all three of them. Yeah, was abroad as well. Yeah, bit, I know he's English, but like, he was at Atletico yeah. Madrid. Exactly. Yeah. I I'd say all three of them are probably going to be the core of the team moving forward. I think that's the w- one positive in sort of counter or, or that will help mm-hmm. them sort of retain the culture is they've got players that are playing now in this transition squad that will probably play in the in the squad for. A number of years, like I, Isaac's definitely quality enough. Bruno, I would, I'd say the same, and, and and probably Botman and Pope. You could probably build a team around them. Pope maybe argue, you know, arguable. Um, made some really good saves in the Arsenal game, though. To be fair, um, but I think they've got to be really savvy in terms of who they bring in. Madison might be a good player, but I, I also see Madison as a bit of a diva sometimes. So. I think he's a bit... I said this to someone earlier because I watched the Leicester game today and I don't think he's been particularly good for them probably the last 10 games. And I think he's someone that... He's quite individualistic. And I know it's, it sounds silly to say this, but like some players, they look better in worse performing teams because you're essentially the best player in a, in, a, in a pretty poor system. And I think he's the sort of player, if you put him into a better system, does he necessarily thrive? I think he likes being kind of the main man in you know a Leicester sort of calibre side if you put him into a Newcastle where everything's been built upon getting more than the sum of its parts and everyone kind of you know essentially it's a very good system you wouldn't say there's one standout player in that Newcastle team I think it's 11 very good performing ones Mm. in in, performing in the right right system Um, I don't know I might be being harsh there but I just I've not been that impressed by him recently and I think he has got a bit of an ego, definitely. Like he likes biting back on Twitter as well. I noticed he had another go tonight. Um, Brilliant. About some comments he'd made after the game, but he seems to be the one that I think, because of Leicester's position, he just seems to be the easiest one to bring up because you know he's put goals and assists on the board in a season where he's playing for a poor side, so it's just an easy one to to throw out there. But I'm not. I'm not so sure. I actually don't know if you, I know they've been interested, but. I don't know if they'll go that way. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but that is the thing for them. How do you take this to the next level? Um, personally, I hope they make an absolute mess of it because we're in competition with them. But uh, it's it's, it's going to be a big summer for them, no doubt. i would be interested to see if they if they go on and go a bit bigger because they've not gone huge in their windows. They've, they've mm. kind of picked... I think in the two windows, it's been one big signing in each one. Obviously, you had Kim Rose last season... Uh, Isaac in the summer, and then, albeit he's not been great so far, but Anthony Gordon, 50 million in January. So they've kind of limited themselves a little bit. But it'd be interesting to see if they go a bit bigger. And whether it becomes more about signing big names, I think that's the temptation they've resisted. But, you know, if a name well, like, is on the market Yeah, with summer, PSG, like, look, look, look like they might be hemorrhaging a few big stars this summer. Like, it, it, it there's not too many landing spots for them. Huh? Um, and so yeah, is one you'd look at though. I think it, 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 you got links about Verratti as well today. Um, mm. But yeah, so I think they just they would be like, an easy club to link players with. Whatever yeah. the kind of truth oh, yeah. that might not want them. It's like so Chelsea in the ownership situation. Still Chelsea now, like yeah. you just got, especially Chelsea now, you can just chuck the name in with anybody. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's well put. Um, I suppose kind of as just as a side note and kind of a further extension of this, with Newcastle obviously dropping points, Man United lost to West Ham. Um, 
what do you think of those teams? Do you think they're nailed on for top four still, or you know, Liverpool have picked up a bit of form? Is it squeaky bum time a little bit? I mean, the, Man United have got favourable game. I said they've got three home games and one away yeah. game, and their away form has been pretty terrible. But you'd imagine if they, I think they've got a win, two, draw, one, and they might or win three. I think win three or four, they'd make it. Newcastle is similar. What, what do we think? Have Liverpool left it a bit too late? Yeah, I, I think just a tad late. You'd be you'd be really disappointed if you're if you're Man United or Newcastle and you don't finish top four. I think it would be it would be a bottle job from this situation. Yeah, I mean, I saw so I think at the start of April, Man United were fifteen points clear of Liverpool, and Newcastle were twelve or something like that. Yeah. Just, just going back today. I mean, from that position, it would be. It'd be a catastrophe, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I think it's obviously the two things that coincided. Liverpool have won the last six, and Newcastle have been okay. Man United have been very, very patchy. I, th- I think they've been patchy for a while now. I think that that middle part of the season where they put together a good run and Rashford was obviously scoring for fun. Yeah. That's kind of what's held them above water because yeah. I actually think since the Carabao Cup both performances and results have been extremely bang average. Um, so... De Gea. Oh. Shocking. I'm just, Absolutely I'm just looking shocking. at the, the top goal scorers here. Salah's got 19 goals. It's gone on the like, radar. Yeah. It's totally gone under the radar. Like, uh, having a bad season by his standards, but 19 goals, like, he'll probably hit 20 before the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, it's unbelievable. I think he scored in eight home games in a row, they said on the commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah hundred goals. I mean he's he's had a very good year. You can't argue with it, because Liverpool haven't been good by their own standards no. and mm. to still put twenty goals on the board there or thereabouts is I think if the season went on for another five games, I think Liverpool would come third. I think that that's the momentum they have and I know they've been yeah. pretty poor away from home. But I think they would definitely get in the top four, but I, I just think they've left it a few games too late. Yeah. In fact, like that second half at Anfield against Arsenal, against us, was you saw something, and they've kind of built from that, and they've obviously won every game since, but it's just come too late. I think that middle part of the season, I think, is just what's killed them, unfortunately. So, left it too late. Um, moving on, speaking of probably leaving things too late, Chelsea finally got their first win under Frank Lampard, which... Uh, later than ever. I was yeah. gutted. I mean, we were denied 007 by Mudrick getting that assist at Leicester, and now we've been denied 007 by Lampard winning his seventh game. I mean, they're just teasing us at this mm. point. Um, any green shoots from this one, guys? Young right young here, players please. playing all right. Yeah. You, you know, it, 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 the, the longer this sort of whole thing this season's gone on, the more I'm like, I've been just like depressed at the thought that I I genuinely would have done a better job at running Chelsea at the mm-hmm. moment like I'm, I'm not bigging myself up there mm-hmm. like I'm putting Chelsea down by saying that like if I had if I had had the database of football manager for the past few years and um, I, I, and, and you know my own wits I would uh, would have signed better players and like signed better managers whatever it's 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 actually just mad how how badly it's gone, um, and like, uh, yeah, Lampard. Um, I'm I'm glad he finally got the win because it was just getting ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's um, not a wanted. Work. It's not a wanted record. Not for a club legend. Like, like it just it it'd be good to see the back of him. Um, but not because I want him to go, but because I just clearly he's not. He's, oh, yeah. It hasn't worked. Yeah, it just doesn't. It hasn't I, worked. I, I think I think it's like the players are just like so un, unmotivated. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I would have. I'd love to know what he was. What 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 his objectives were coming in to the job. Because if I was if I was running the players, I would have been like. Just set us up nicely for 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 next season, or as best you can. Don't worry about this season so much. Just like give give minutes to the younger players. But it's only uh, it's only been in this more more recent uh, couple of games that he's he seems to have played more with youngsters and and um, you know. Oh, 
Do you, do you think that that though is enforced by the fact that up until recently you had a two like um, two legged tie against Real Madrid in the Champions League to contend with? And I think that yeah, but there's been a couple of things even after that that, that, that yeah, uh, still. I don't know. It's just, it's just it's just strange. I do get the thinking of like, you know, you wanna you wanna uh, try and get a bit of continuity going into those games against Madrid. Um, and maybe that's, that's why. I thought it was strange bringing him in just because of that alone. I thought that everything else made sense. Potter was on a bad one. I got it. Yeah. But at that point, when you got rid of him and brought Lampard in, I, for mine, it was essentially writing off the season. It was yeah. damage limitation. Yeah. And I just think that whatever you think of it and as dysfunctional as it's been, you're in a quarter-final against Real Madrid. That isn't the sort of thing that you can just, on the spot, say, look... It, and I know you tried to win it, but it, it, it essentially felt like it didn't matter at that point. And... I get it from his yeah. perspective. I think that his stock as a manager has fallen so low, given what went on at Everton and the way it obviously ended at Chelsea, and then they went on to win the Champions League a few months later. Um, I, I think that for him, he he needed a way to essentially get his stock back up, because I think that his next job and and it, and it hasn't worked at all. Like it really hasn't. It's been a disaster. Yeah. Um, I think you, you've got to understand from his perspective, I think that he needed to try and get a few results so that if you get through to the summer, and I don't think he would have got a job straight away, but it's, okay, I was at Chelsea, we won, you know, half a dozen games, got them back on track, and that hasn't been what's happened. But yeah. I think that while you would look at it ideally and say he would have the interest of the club, best interest of the club, you know, at, at mind, I think he needed to essentially look after himself first which isn't a healthy situation to be in i think because no. you know his interests aren't the same as chelsea's interests because he's not going to be there there beyond no. the end of the season I, so... I feel sorry for him that like mm. both times he's been appointed as chelsea manager it's been uh not down to his managerial skills but down to the positive pr uh, with the fans that that would that that, that would happen like the last time it was like to it was a reaction from Sari. It was like almost going the complete opposite instead of this sort of like yeah. proven tactician that's foreign, we're gonna go for a homegrown, up and coming manager. Um and that the fans love and like because the board the amount of the fans were really on the board's back about that. Yeah. And then it was a transition. And it was brilliant. And then, and then, and then this time, they, I think they've just gone for the same sort of thing. And um, like, from from what was said about like the, they were surprised at the reaction from the from the fans and didn't realise how hostile it would be. I can imagine they were like, "Oh, let's get something in here just to yeah. turn that down a bit." And then he, he is is he done like a, he done another one of these like panels or um what are you, like a conference. And in that, he, he he referenced again that the about the the fans, um, yeah. just how how sort of intimidating they were. I suppose he didn't say those words, but that's what he was sort of insinuating. Um, and um, and yeah, he, like it's it's just so so strange that like the point was made as well. Like he's done a couple of these conferences. It's like, why doesn't he actually just do an interview in-house with Chelsea? And he would probably get uh, the fans inside a lot more as well, yeah. Todd Bowley. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, the whole thing's just been a complete mess. Um, I Like, genuinely, for you guys, how fixable is this? Because, like, there is the... I'm I mean, watching Chelsea the other night um, against us. Like... For a, for a team of for a team that good on paper to perform that badly, it, it like there is an element of downing tools, no no doubt. It's something you mentioned earlier, Fergal. So, with the right manager, like how quickly would you expect to see improvements next season, and, and kind of to to what end? Like is is realistic? If we have um, if we have the right summer window, and when I say summer window, I, I feel like. One or two players in and loads out is like mm. the, is like the perfect summer window yeah. for us. Um, and if that was to happen, I could see us top four easily next season, especially when 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 one one game a 
a season or one game a week pretty okay, much. Season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If only this game of this season was only one game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Because Gary Neville said that on the overlap, and I just thought, like, it got me thinking, like, I, I suppose because Arsenal have been so good this season, I'm kind of looking down and thinking, well, Chelsea are an absolute mile off. But then when I look at, say, Man United in fourth, I don't think Chelsea are that much worse than them, for example. No. If they had a good summer window and got the right players in, as you say, and got the right manager, and this is all, like, projecting, because mm. ultimately these are things, like, we've not seen anything yet. We haven't seen any football under this new manager, so you just don't know. But... If I think back to the start of last season, for example, and we were in a complete mess, and uh, like you couldn't see where the project was actually heading, and then sort of suddenly, okay, we ended up finishing fifth, but there was a sustained improvement across the season. Now we're up to second. Like things can improve quicker than they would appear like they will. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's difficult maybe to share your optimism, but like I, I could see it. It's just something that obviously we haven't seen who you've signed yet. We don't even know who the manager is going to be. It looks like Pochettino. We definitely need a striker. I feel like I feel like Chelsea have been unlucky with the result, some of the results that were had, and then that sort of like uh, the the bad results has then led into a bad mood, and and then it, that's it's all spiled into this. Sure, yeah. We're now in like there's been so many contributing factors, but I do feel like when there was times when like probably deserved a result and then didn't get it, and a lot of that was down to not having a good striker in front of goal so um, uh, getting in a good striker or welcoming an old striker back <laughs> is uh, probably the, the the options that we ha we have I saw we're getting uh, Pochettino's apparently giving his list in and uh, Martinez Lukaku's partner at Inter Milan is on there um, as a striker which don't know how I feel about it because it feels like we're we're just missing a big, a, a, like a, a big proper Chelsea centre forward like we like we're used to. Um, so I don't know about. Well, uh, surely it's it's surely that that would be alongside Lukaku, wouldn't it, to appease him? That not be maybe that would not be the, the the move. But I'm I'm a lot sort of less optimistic um, for next year, mainly because I do, I I genuinely don't believe that. Tuchel would have finished top four with his team. Um, it just feels. Yeah, I think he would have. Yeah, I think he would have been sick for so kind of where he was when he was sacked. Yeah. Really, I, I, I think Tuchel would have been sacked at some point during the season. Yeah. I think their mistake was actually sacking and right after a transfer window. That, it's that, crazy. The fans, the fans just disagreed with it totally. But yeah. I did. I did think it was the right decision, but just at the wrong time. Like if they had yeah, let it go, exactly. yeah. You can argue that Potter was being judged compared to a Champions League winning manager. Whereas if they had to let it go and Tuchel was in bad form, then he'd be, yeah, be that's compared not to yeah. Tuchel who was, who was on a slide. Yeah. You know. Whereas now, like people completely forget what what Chelsea were like under Tuchel in the last six months or so, and think that we were we were a great team to watch and we were winning all all the time. When yeah. it was it was already on the slide. Yeah. We, um, we cut you off there, George. Sorry, you were saying you no, didn't no. share Fergal's optimism. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. Simply because of that reason, obviously, with the with the tutorial reasoning. But but also on top of that, I think this squad lacks so much identity. Maybe, maybe Pochettino, Pochettino can bring it in. But uh, yes, there's talent. I think that's that's true. But then I'm also looking at players like Koulibaly, Thiago Silva's getting another year older, surely at one point that, that does, you know, he does age. Um, Kukurella, I don't think, looks up to standard. Again, these players can be transformed by a manager, but I'm really not convinced. And uh, I don't think the midfield is balanced. I don't think we've got... I, I, I don't think we've got a striker, obviously, that, that can be improved upon, um, apart from Big Rom. Um but but we'll see. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not overly optimistic. And then, like you said, I think we need to shift on five, five, five to ten players, um, which is pretty incredible. It it's been interesting hearing actually Big Sam talk about like, um, what is needed for a, a turnaround in performance, mm. and he he was saying like he says something along the lines of he he just wants 
every player to improve by one percent, and um, then you've got a, a an eleven percent increase. It's like one or two percent, you know. And then you've got twenty percent increase all over the team and stuff like that. And it, but one of the big things he was talking about is confidence, and he was like, it was all about confidence. And there's clips from his No Tippy Tappy podcast. Um, which you know, I'm, I'm glad he's in management because you know that it, that was fierce competition for us. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and um, so yeah, good job he's out of the podcasting game for a little bit. <laughs> but we, um, but yeah, it, he was he, he was talking about confidence and like and then, and then like just how important results are. So I think. I think you would see a massive if you could just inject a dose of confidence into Chelsea and uh, increase the morale. I do think you would see players like Cucurella. I think would play a lot better. I think the Mudrick looks like he's lacking a bit, a bit of confidence. Probably he's got a lot, uh, got to get used to a lot of things. So players like that, I think, will um, it, once they're settled or whatever, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, Cucurella though it's just annoying that we have like Ian Madison and then even if you want to think of Cucurella as like a left centre back you're, you're yeah. like you, you, we've got Levi Cowell Balashile so we've got this 60 million player that don't really know where he fits in mm-hmm. um, um, but yeah I, there's very few players at Chelsea that um, don't have the potential to be sold this summer I would say as well. There's, there's, it's like the 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 players that have been signed in the last year, and even some of them aren't aren't exempt from being sold. <laughs> Sterling was getting talked, mm. but uh, I could see a, a deal for Koulibaly as well potentially. Definitely. If 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 like the right bid came in, so yeah, well, there's going to be a big turnover. That that's why that sort of to sort of finish a little bit on this but that's my reasoning why I'd want Poch in as soon as possible I know he it doesn't really benefit him in terms of actual results and maybe that manager boost but at, at the very least and I think this is one of the biggest jobs the very least he can sort through 33 people find out look at training sessions find out what you know what he wants and who he wants speak to all of them i think that personal connection is is a really important factor as well who can you trust and then make those decisions and just move on apparently lampard's going to be involved in the handover to him as well that makes sense but Um, then he's got to trust lampard like you know i think lampard just just to like when we're banging on about chelsea and even though a few (laughs) podcasts ago we said we wouldn't but um I, I think Lampard's actually like player ID or talent ID is actually oh, is actually okay. Like so, the the transfers he's had a big say in are the ones that have worked. Like he was he was big on going for Chilwell, mm. even though the club weren't sure about spending fifty million on him. Um, and then he pushed for Thiago Silva and pushed for Edward Mendy. Um, um, obviously, Tao Silva isn't necessarily. You don't need to <laughs> be, be a massive talent scout to know to know that Tao Silva is good. But he, he he was able to identify weaknesses and 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 strengths and yeah. then put um got in good signs as a result. Maybe you could do the Ralph Rangnick job. Yeah, equivalent uh, at Chelsea. Just be a, a, a roaming director of some yeah. sort. Just yeah, give him the director title. That'll do. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what. Apparently, apparently, I think we're they're looking to appoint a CEO, and it the so they've got the two directors of the football. So one of them might move up to like the CEO or, or chairman or whatever, whatever the title is, and it's so that Bowley can take a step back and not have anything to do with the day to day running. Yeah, which would be good. Um, so, but maybe Lampard's maybe that's what what he could do, you know. See, yeah. Maybe get Redknapp in as an assistant. You know, he loves a deal. He he could coach him through the business side he of things. Yeah, see, yeah. No, no. I, I like genuinely thinking about it. Like he's obviously a smart man. It's well documented. I I think he would be better at something like that yeah. than actual management. 
but for whatever reason he's just determined to plug away at it and I think he's just someone that needs to take a long break. Maybe a stop goes up from doing that and you sort of do an Eddie Howe where you, you know, take time out of the game and actually come back and you've learned a few things about yourself and, and about how you want to set teams up. But I think it's not helping him kind of just lurch lur from job to job because he just isn't seeming to kind of learn the lessons from, mm, yeah. from previous previous shortcomings. Yeah. So that would be all I'd say. But... If there is a positive, lads, it is that you're out the relegation scrap, officially. You're not going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still TBD who it is. And uh, a lot of interesting action this weekend. I'm just peering over my shoulder. Forest lead 3-1 against Southampton. Um, Everton obviously beat Brighton 5-1 earlier. Um, where's this relegation scrap headed? I think what you've seen in recent weeks, and certainly with their result on Sunday... West Ham are taking themselves out of it. So it really does feel like now it's three from five. Yeah. And, I mean, it's ever-changing. Because it was only a couple of weeks ago that Leeds, Leeds won and we're out the bottom three and then Leicester won and we're out the bottom three. And now they're both back in there with losses this weekend. Um, where, do, where do we see this going now? What, what do we think, if you look at the points tally, if you look at the table, Nottingham Forest 33, Everton 32, what do we think is the magic number to get safety? I think it's going to be low. I, th- I think I think thirty five will. Th- there'll be two teams that finish on probably the same points tally, uh, and it'll probably be thirty five. I reckon, and even then, that's a stretch. Actually, I mean, you're looking three games left to go. They're they're not winning a lot of games. Any of them. You know. That's been the thing, and that's why I feel like it's so fluid down there, where you win and you go a few places yeah. up, and then you. And like it doesn't feel like that. And there's a reason for that. Obviously, down there because they don't win a lot of games. But it feels like if you win a like Bournemouth have strung a decent run together, and suddenly mm-hmm. they're they're out of it. They're on to 39 points and thinking about next season. They sort of it was similar with Crystal Palace and Wolves. They yeah. flirted with it, had a few good weeks, and you suddenly again you're out of the relegation battle. Now West Ham have done it, even though they lost three in a row because they were able to win sort of two or three games before that, and then they beat West uh, beat Man United on Sunday. They're now out of it. Mm. So, but the problem is these teams are running out of games. Like, it's difficult to string a three-win streak together when there's only two games left. Like, it, it's no, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna struggle to do it then. Yeah. So, I, I mean, when you look at it, I think Leeds are in trouble because of their goal difference, and you could say the same about Forest, but they are on the most points of those teams down there. Mm. If other, with Everton and Forest, if they're able to win another game, that might just be enough. They're sort of around that 35, 36 point mark. I don't know what you think, Fergal, with the. We're talking about the magic number. Um, oh, that's. The yeah. safety. Because obviously you tipped Everton and have had a decent upturn since you said that. Four points away from home. Um, George has gone with 35. Yeah. I think 35 makes a lot of sense. Um, I think even. Uh, like as we're recording this, Nottingham Forest are three one up. Three one up at yeah. half time. Um, I I have a feeling that might be them safe. No, like, just for that result. No, 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 no. Their games are tough though. So they got Chelsea next. I know you guys will laugh. They got Arsenal. This is their last home game, mm-hmm. and their away form has been poor. So. But you know, they've won thirty three. You said that I mean they might not get another point. The other, the the other thing though, to be fair on that, like this really tough game for for Forest, Leeds, and Leicester. So Leeds is Leicester, yeah. Leeds is Newcastle, West Ham, Tottenham, Spurs, yeah, and Leicester's Liverpool, Newcastle, West Ham. So really, and they're both in the relegation zone as well. They both need points. One hundred percent. I think I really do think it could be those two, or or Forest, and I know that's three of the four that would probably go down. I think Southampton lose this game, they're down. You know, it's almost yeah. almost man, uh, yeah, mathematical. Yeah, away for a while, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. We tried to give them a kiss a lot a few weeks ago, and they still didn't even accept they didn't that. Want it. They yeah. to give us a point. Yeah. Um, as, as well documented on this podcast, Arsenal and Chelsea have done their bit in trying to help. <laughs> uh, Southampton this season so you know funny they was good against the, the nominally crap teams um, yeah. I think I think that's Southampton's problem is just that, that you know like they're not playing enough ma- 
big clubs, not enough for the big six. Can't play Chelsea every week. Can't play Chelsea. Chelsea every week. They'll be 114 points if they play Chelsea every week. Yeah. Even Sammy City, they were beating City in the Carabao Cup as well. They beat City in the Carabao Cup. They just need to play big clubs. That's what they're missing. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like they're down, so really it's two from four at that point. Yeah. And... I agree. Like, I think with Everton, if they're to get to 35, provided they don't get an absolute hammering off Man City, which, you know, they could, because anyone could. Yeah, yeah. They've got a better goal difference than Leeds. Leicester got the best goal difference of the bunch, but I think Leicester have you know, potentially got the hardest games as yeah. well, because they've got to be Liverpool who have come into some form. They've got to go to St. James's Park. Can't see them getting anything there. I think it becomes very tough for them. I think that result today, I, I really thought they might win today, because Fulham are a team that really have nothing to play for they're not going to get into Europe and they're also well clear of relegation mm. and I don't know maybe you could argue that frees them up but to be 4-0 and then 5-1 down in that game was seriously worrying I thought I thought the defending was terrible and not, I'm not seeing the again we said it a few weeks ago with um, Javi Gracia at Leeds obviously since has lost his job there wasn't really any kind of bounce there and similar with Dean Smith I'm not I've not seen anything that they've not got like Certainly not improved substantially since he's come in. I've not seen anything. Do you think that's from them. both both of the managers just sort of like came in under the radar a bit? They feel, they feel like you need for, you can have a bounce, you have a bit more song and dance about it. You know, like just making it all about himself, saying he's you know as, as you good as have, you can't get a manager that's that. just gonna sort of blend into the background of it all. You know, mm. your man, your new manager has to really stand out to get the bounce. You know, we'll see if Big Sam. He he's made a he he's made a bit of like a, a lot of noise coming into the Premier League. And... You got off that when people were sort of debating like, oh, it's a really clever tactic because he's you know made it all about himself. And I was like, I I get that, but let, let me just give you some advice. Don't shake the hornet's nest before no. you play Man City. Yeah, <laughs> it's it just and, and to be honest, I know it was only two one. I mean that could, that could have been anything that game, particularly the first half. I think that's as well as I've seen them play. Um, and they did quite well, to be honest, to get out of there 2-1. It's, you know, you talk about goal difference, it, it's not the worst result in yeah. the world. No. It helps when Haaland being so generous as well, isn't it? Yeah, he missed it. Oh, he missed, I mean, yeah. and, giving a, and, and yeah. handing that penalty over as well, feeling charitable. Um, but Leeds have got hard get. That's the thing. I think Leeds and Leicester's fixtures are arguably the, the hardest. They've got the least winnable games on this paper. is what makes me think that it could be the forest if they if they if they win tonight and the listeners will know if, if, they if they win another game those two sides down there what's that i'm uh, sorry i said they might not win another game leicester and Leeds. yeah this is what i mean mm. so um yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if if forest might actually be safe now it's just the difference. I think that is the thing because it is the worst of everyone. So if those teams do win a game and Forest don't obviously yeah. win another one, then they could be in trouble. But what we think, or do we think the current bottom three at this point? Then we're we just sitting on the fence. Is anyone going to stick their neck on the line here and say something outlandish? No, I I think Forest is still going down. I'm going to back it. Why not? Um, I've been saying it as well. To be I, fair, I like I like it. It just feels good. It feels right because Fergal was keen to remind us that he did predict Everton to to get to safety, yeah. but he did also predict them to get relegated at the start of the season. So I would say he's net neutral at this point. Like you know, I'm, I'm certainly not giving him as much credit as he as, as he tried to come on here and tell us he deserves. But uh, yeah, I, I I think the one I actually think might stay up now is Everton. I just think you can't underrate the actual momentum of a result mm, like that tonight at this point in the season. To go five one against Brighton is is some result, whatever way you look at it. And they, to be honest, I know Brighton kind of piled the pressure on in the second half, but they had their number in that first half. They had so many of those counter attacks. It was it was a really a tactical performance from them, yeah. and that might be what they need. They're so funny as well, like the. Yeah, I, I always like you always have to keep at this stage of the season you always have to keep looking at the table because like in, in you have this PR table as well in your head where like you know like you know it, the, the league goes Man City Arsenal Brighton because no, 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 you've not even got it right there I saw people genuinely I was just yesterday watching a video on whether Brighton play the best football in Europe Man City included so 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think Man City will be getting beat 5-1 off Everton anytime soon. Although I would appreciate that next weekend, to be fair. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as I say, if those two teams can play exactly the same way next weekend, we've got Brighton, Man City, we've got Everton. Be most appreciated, lads. Um, yeah, I mean, Brighton, Everton's second team. I mean, what a terrible result that is for them. Yeah. They've still got to play another five games. When you look at the league table, they're... Yeah. You know, yeah, Evan no. Ferguson is back, and, and uh, so yeah, I, I'd say they'll be fine. It'd be all right. Um, I suppose it'd be remiss of us not to quickly mention the Champions League. Obviously, big game tomorrow. Two legs: Man City, Real Madrid. What do we think here? Because I went big on the whole Liverpool thump Real Madrid in the Champions League final last year. They didn't. Their aura got them through it, as George predicted. What do we think this time? Do we think Man City learned the lessons from last year, where they missed a lot of chances, especially in the first leg? It's, are they a better side than they were last yeah. year? Yeah, I, I think I think they definitely are, and I think they, I think the Man City have probably learnt a bit more of the, the like get over the line sort of, just like, you know, if you if you if you're struggling in the game, now they can just go get the Bruyne on the ball, and he'll get Haaland on the ball, and we'll we'll we can win it that way as well as playing unbelievable football. So, um, I feel, I feel like in in the Champions League, I feel in in these last, uh, like yeah, semi final and final, it can come down to play like players individually, um, and yeah. as it has done with Real Madrid, um, like they've been a, a great team as well in, in the competition. But you know, it's it's monitors outside of the boot pass. It's the moment, yeah. It's, yeah. It's all the uh, Courtois performance in the final. It's it's stuff like that, and I feel like with like with just with Haaland, like you just feed him the ball, and, and he'll some he he could do it himself. Um, mm. but yeah, um, but if anybody's gonna knock Man City, yeah, it is Real Madrid. Um, I, I I would expect Man City to beat them, but. I'm certainly not going to write Real Madrid off like I did last time. Mm. It's a tough one. It's you a... never can. Yeah, sorry, go on, George. Mm, so it's a really tough one. You never can with Real Madrid. I think I think it is City's year. I think it is their year. You look at the other side as well. If yeah. they get to the final, they really should win that game. Like I think, yeah, they, 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 they really would be they'd be the heaviest favourite in a final that I can remember. Certainly, you know. I think of, of other finals in recent years. Mm. I can't think of one where a team would be going in as you know nominally on paper better than the other as Man City would be. I can't get over the Ace Milano this far. Um, I, I haven't followed. They just have Napoli's number though. I, I think as soon as that draw was made, and then I think they beat them four 0 in the league, like you know ten days before the first mm. leg. For whatever reason, they played them four times this year. Beat them three, drew one. It. The Spurs tie, I thought they were pretty poor, and Spurs were even worse. Like, that's just yeah. what it felt like to yeah. me, and I know that yeah. might be doing them a disservice, but I think had they played, li- and I know you would have seen it when Chelsea played them. Well, I was going to say, oh, like, in those two games, we got it was like probably our easiest performances to get home and away against any club this season. Yeah. I don't know. If, I can I actually must look it up if we if we. One, if we've done the double over any team this season apart from them, it can't be too many teams we, we've been mm. home and away this season. So, like, it's um, a good shout, actually. Like, it, it just shows you that, like, I, I, like that, yeah. I, I didn't even think about it. I'm, I'm repping Got the Milan shirt on. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, sitting there in a Milan shirt, slagging them off. Like, what, you know, where's your shame, the, man? The only, the only, I think, like, like the, if they got the final, if it's AC, AC Milan that gets to the final, the we're talking about you know individuals. They've got Raphael Leo, who you need him to have his best game yeah. he's ever had for for AC yeah. Milan, um, and you need Giroud to be backing him up. And but yeah, no, it's it, it, the goalkeeper to have a storm as well. I think that's yeah. the only thing. He, well, he didn't play that's against good. Chelsea, and he was good against Spurs in the second leg. And obviously, you know, he's a big player for them, but. I, I, I struggle with it. And I struggle with Inter, but they, they were good at, you know, they've beaten two Portuguese teams, maybe had a slightly favourable run. I did think Benfica were going to beat them, but fair play. They were comfortably the better team across the two legs. Mm. And, uh, you know, give it to them, I mean, one occasion for a semi-final with Milan Derby, I mean, that, that'll be quite yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be the better, um, 
I would well actually both both are actually like Real Madrid and Man City's got like a just like two great teams going. I think it could be disappointing. I think last year was so good, like across the two legs. I think it's difficult to live up to that. And I just think Man City will have learnt from that. I don't think they'll want it to be as kind of frenetic as it was. Where in the first leg they probably could have scored about seven or eight goals, and then the second the second leg was actually the game they wanted until. Real Madrid equalised, and then it all just went a bit mad, and then they obviously conceded another yeah. one and had nothing. I, I think time. those the players would be better off for it. Like they're already like so experienced and mm. so good, but I I do think that'll just take them. The, learn that you learn the lessons. lessons they, 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 they learn the lessons, and but then again, they've had a lot of lessons in the Champions League. You think of all the defeats they've had in the last mm. five six years. You know, to to varying degrees have been. Extremely disappointing for them, you know. You our, think of going out to Spurs, is, is going out to Liam. Our only hope is that Guardiola just it does something strange again. But mm. even I think he's learned his last. I mean, you've already benefited from that. You've got a European Cup because he decided not to play a holding midfielder. So play, played him three times in the in the latter end of that season. Not once did he play his strongest team. It was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wish he'd be so kind just to do that against us once because we can't beat them for love nor money. Um, should be should be an excellent tie. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think I think they're going to be very difficult to stop actually, uh, and that goes for the league and it goes for the. F- I think they'll hammer Man United in the FA Cup. So they're looking pretty good for the treble. And then Pep can leave. He's done it all. Yeah, I hope that, I hope that would be that would be brilliant if Pep leaves. That would be, yeah, that'd be great. So I mean, maybe they just need it, like, because you think how good the league would be if he left. I think Man City would still be very good, but like, would they be as good without it? Like, put it this way: Would any manager this season have found this when they're sort of in that slump between yeah. sort of December and February? You think since then they've won all but one league game, which they drew, and they should have won about eight nil at Forest. I don't think any other manager would have been able to kind of invoke and 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 provoke the yeah. res- results and 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 spirit he's he's channeled from that group whatever you think of the sort of riches and and uh options he has at his disposal it, it's been an incredible coaching job yeah yeah like this is it like you you can say he's been given everything but like nobody comes up with the solutions he does to like his very small problems but the, like to, to reach the heights that he he gets he's he's, he's just an absolute genius football pervert um, it's, yeah it's, it's yeah like, yeah it, it's almost comical <laughs> the way he does it though you think about like he's gone to this system where they play four center backs and yeah. he stumbled across it because he was playing rico lewis there and then he started putting bernardo silva there and so it's like he kind of creates these problems for himself yeah. and then he he thrives off of figuring it out and find finding a way but it is immensely frustrating uh, i wish he just carried on live and see the back can sell uh, any other man yeah. probably go oh. like try and like work Cancelo in and be like, oh no, you know you're. He's really gone like to the and exact like, coffee pop. We're he's right gone to the exact back. opposite sort of players. He's gone from sort of like a flare like midfielder playing at fullback to a, a centre back just stands there and defends for the whole game in Nathan Ake. Yeah. Like, you could not find two more dissimilar players than those two. And it's almost like he's done it as if to go, yeah, like, up yours. Like, yes. I was right. And, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's been proven to me because Cancelo can't get a game for Bayern Munich and they hammered them across the two legs. So, difficult to uh, argue with. Before we move on from Man City as well, worth mentioning Haaland breaking the record as well. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, he's just, he's incredible. And I didn't, at the start of the season, I, like I said, along the lines of the podcast, I didn't, I didn't, I thought it might take a bit of time for him to get up to speed with it all. More so, like, I didn't, I had a feeling like Pep Guardiola mightn't, like, start him straight away. Or, like, mightn't bend his, his needs of the team and it might be, like, just a bit of a mismatch because it just didn't seem like a Guardiola sign at all. Mm. But, like, Thankfully, Guardiola is <laughs> for them. For them, thankfully, he's he's not been too stubborn in in his ways and has just changed this whole tactic to to uh, fit Haaland in, and they're reaping the rewards massively. He's he, he's not only top goal scorer in the Premier League; he's also top goal scorer in the Champions League as well with twelve. Like the man, and he will finish mm. top goal scorer because no one else is near him that's uh, that's got any games left. He's a he's an absolute machine you know to beat that record to absolutely smash that record and the, when the record was set with what 40 40 
40 something games yeah, as well are just unbelievable the, 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 the yeah you just think many people writing him off Rory Jennings sort of being the most famous one uh, saying yeah, you beat me to it wouldn't, wouldn't, to wouldn't score more you than 15 you didn't go Rory Jennings on us there no. did you with your whole you know I predict he might struggle initially uh, and Pat might yeah no thankfully I, I wasn't stupid enough to put a number on on it um, <laughs> when you said that <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um, he's just never going to let that down oh um, I mean, I remember like making some, you know, casual, not too dissimilar comment. Not, not saying he would get 15, but I thought, you know, he's injury prone. Man City, they're such a like defined way of playing, and it doesn't involve a centre forward and hasn't for a few years. Like, I thought there could be teething issues, but he, you know, I think he's taken to it like a duck to water, and they do just create so many chances, yeah. and they have pivoted this system to. Essentially, he is the, the fulcrum of it all. Him and De Bruyne are aware, mm-hmm. and the rest of the team facilitates that. Yeah, essentially. even even hundred million pound Grealish is just a, like a facilitator. Like he is, and and the the whole feel good story about him. I mean, I, I you probably need no encouragement, Fogel, to to absolutely hammer the guy. But like you know, everyone says how well he's been playing, but like his goal contributions is is still pretty minimal for that mm-hmm. side. And he essentially is just a workhorse. He gets up and down, yeah. you know, stops people going the other way, and then he gets the ball and sticks his ass out and like tries to attract runners to him so he can give it to the give it to De Bruyne and give it to Ireland. Like you know, he does a system job in that team. Yeah, you know, I, it's uh, well, if only some other teams could be so fortunate to have a hundred million pound player to do that. But one yeah. of the other things that's so scary about Haaland is that you watch him and you're like. Oh, there's so many other things he could do better. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got so much room to put. Yeah. Like, the amount of chances he missed there. I don't feel like his heading is amazing. His hold up players. His hold up play can look awkward at times. Yeah. He's got all these things that like are good. This is why but, Pep needs to go further. We need some yeah, absolute. Because if Pep has him for like too long, he's, he is just going to be. Incredible. I wonder if he just turns him into like a. A right winger though, Pep. Sit, sit on the touchline. He would. I genuinely. I, I'm honestly convinced if they were to do the treble, he, he would get bored and just try and win yeah. the league in the most unorthodox fashion possible. Harland at and left wing back. Just put Edison in midfield and start like messing around with his team. Put Harland on the right, like turn him into a touchline winger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This guy, you can't underestimate the extent to which he has to be the smartest person in the room in his mind. So. Listen, I hope we can be the beneficiaries of that because it's. I also thought he like he dealt with the whole Sam Allardyce thing just like yeah. perfectly. Like he was it's so pe- it's so petty. Sa- Sam is just so great. Like one one of the true greats of football. He's basically banging on saying like, I can I can say this you know entirely sincerely as an Arsenal fan. If he starts talking you up, then oh, you yeah, know so you're not yeah. on too much. Yeah. When when they would have when they beat us five 0 and then albeit it's actually aged quite well because we've gone on to do quite well since them but mm-hmm. he was just talking up Arteta when we've just been we've just lost 5-0 to them it's like mate you don't even believe what you're saying <laughs> like give it a rest you're the last person we want to be hearing this from um yeah it may I mean you know the, the guy is a basket case but at the same time an absolute genius yeah. um quickly before we go guys short king of the week now I'd be impressed if you've got one off the top of your head because I genuinely had to do a little bit of research here so not to well, you go ahead with yours then if you know, okay, if you know okay, what. Mine, and it literally I had to go through every single goal scorer for the weekend That's and right, find yeah. someone five foot nine or less. I'll be impressed if you get one quickly. Uh, I've gone for William. Five foot nine, got a double today. Um got a hard time off me when he's playing for Arsenal, so gotta write a few wrongs there. Um I mean he's having a very good season. I mean I, I don't know what the hell happened when he's playing for us. He must have been on a bunk because he. I, I genuinely can't believe I'm watching the same player. And if anything, he's got more reason to be worse because he's a year and a half older. But I think yeah. he's just a sleeper agent. I think he was just. It feels like it. Yeah, it really does feel like that. Yeah. Um, so that's my nominee. Yeah. He just scored a really good goal that. as well. Really good goal. The he second did. One. Um, uh, how how t- uh, I know he, he took the penalty off Haaland. How how tall is Gundogan? No, he's over six foot. He's, he's over six, six foot. Yeah. What about Odegaard? Gundogan's it's over five, six, six foot. 
He's five ten. Why does he look like Gundogan? Looks small. Does he? He's got aura of being it's small. Because I remember, like, this is the thing. He scored multiple headers against us. I was like, how the hell is he scoring these? Like, he does not look tall at all. But yeah, he's definitely not under five nine. Um, and um, it's five so the, the opposite to that is like Reese James. Reese James is, is I'm pretty sure he's five nine. And he looks tall. He's, 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 okay. he's like this really intimidating presence. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's You know, there's not many nominees, George. You know, good to run. Yeah, he's uh, he's six. Oh no, he's five eleven. There you go. Well, no, still, still right. six foot. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I've corrected myself. Um, are we crowning William then? Yeah, well, yeah. We, we like Give it William. to William. Give it to William. He's had a good season. And, you know, Fulham are entirely inoffensive club, so yeah. we'll give him something. There you go. That's another episode in the books, boys. Thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, enjoy the rest of the back hole that's left. And I uh, hope everyone enjoys the episode, and we'll uh, see you next weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs>